Almost 30. Almost 30 years. That's pretty remarkable that, you know, Tracy's going to get along that long. It's because she's such a warm and fuzzy guy. Thank you, Pastor. Amen. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's pray before we take our seats, okay? Thank you, Father, for our service today. Thank you for all of our visitors and friends that have joined us. Thank you, Lord, most especially for the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for your gifts to us each day. Each day is a gift. Thank you for this day. And thank you for the Word of God that we will look at and explore here in just a minute, led and guided by the Holy Ghost. We thank you, Lord God, that we will have eyes to see and ears to hear everything from your Word that we need to receive today, that we can leave our service stronger in spirit than when we came in here Amen. and better equipped to, do rep to represent you in these last days. So, Lord, again, we praise and thank you for your goodness in our lives and for the presence of the Holy Spirit. And we give you all the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Everybody that agrees, said together, amen. amen. Okay, everybody have a seat. Back up and park, if you would be so kind. As Pastor mentioned, uh, we have been in relationship for a long time, almost 30 years. I'm sure if we went back and look, took a detailed look at the calendar, we could find out exactly when our relationship was uh, started, but it was back in the mid-1980s. A lot has happened since then until now. Some good, some bad, and some ugly, but the point is that we are still here, Amen. and the Word of God is still the same. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So before I get into the message that I have in my heart to share with you this morning, which we will probably continue with tonight, I'm not sensing that we're going to have to race through something here. Take our time. Um, let me just give you a good report for the ministry work that has been uh, completed for the summer months overseas in the Philippines, of which this church is a very integral part. You pray for us. You support us gener uh, generously, financially to help us. And so just we did three mission tours this past summer, one in June, one in July, and one in August, three of them. And people from all over the country came to join with us overseas, my wife and I, to work with us for crusade work. Uh, outreach to the lost for uh, five days of ministry outreach and, you know, ten days on the calendar from day of departure to day of return. So in those three mission tours, we had people come in June, then a different group come in July, and then a third group come in August. And so when we were finished and we did all the computation and the tallying up of the uh, names and addresses that we were able to receive or to minister to, 
we were able to reach the reach or preach the gospel to almost 7,000 people, 6,900 plus. Almost 7,000 people heard the gospel. Okay, now of those almost 7,000 people that heard the gospel, 6,208 souls were saved. Let me repeat, because you're a part of that. 6,208 souls accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of their lives as a result of the crusade work that you helped us to complete. So someday when you stand before the Lord, there's going to be a bunch of people walking up to you that you don't know per se, but they know you. And they'll thank you for what you've done to help us obey God in that part of the world, on the other side of the globe. So, and also during these uh, three mission tours, over 2,200 people were prayed for, people that came to the crusade sick and in need of medical help. And we laid hands upon them, and they were healed in Jesus' name. Without the doctor, without the pills, without the pharmacy, with any, uh, any of that, power of God was present to confirm the word with signs following. So praise God. I don't know about you, but I was very satisfied with the results of the summer work. And for your participation, you should be also very satisfied with what you helped us to do because without churches like yours, we could not do what we do. It takes everybody doing their part. Praise the Lord for that. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. We're going to look at four or five verses. And again, if you're a visitor today and you're not accustomed to this, just, you know, sit and I hope you're comfortable with the service. The dedication was precious. That was a beautiful prayer you prayed, by the way, Pastor, for young Riley. Praise God. Overseas, you know, you don't get to do baby dedications too much. You know, you're too busy dodging bullets and other things, but praise God. It's nice when you're able to be a part of that. Amen. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. We'll look at three or four verses, and I want you to try and discern the common thread between the verses, all the verses, and what they're saying to us, okay? So we're going to start with 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2, and I'm always reading from the New King James Version unless otherwise indicated, okay? So here's what it says. Verse 2, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Okay, as newborn babes, of course, the Bible talks about new Christians as new babies in Christ. Okay, there are comparisons made between the growth of a little child in the natural to the growth of a spirit after they get saved and after they receive Jesus. Okay, there's maturity, there's a maturing process, there's growth. Okay, so he says here, as newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow. Okay. When newborn babies, when little infants are brought into the world, we feed them with milk, not solid food yet, because they're not able to take that. They're not able to handle that. So for a season, we give them, you know, the milk and, uh, you know, then the strained food and, you know, whole, the whole process. But the point is they have to be nourished. If you don't feed them, they'll die. And so you feed them with the milk that you, you know, that God provided. And in the spirit ro world, here we're, we're being told to desire the pure milk of the word. The word meaning the Bible. The Bible that you hold in your hand is the milk, is the spiritual food for your spirit man. See, we are spirits. How many know we're spirits? We're living in bodies. I can't see you. I see the body that you're living in, but you are on the inside. Okay? We are spirits. 
God is a spirit, okay? And human beings are spirits living in bodies. We are spirits possessing souls, and we live in physical bodies, okay? You can't see me. I'm on the inside. This is my suitcase. This is what I'm living in when I'm down here. It's like wearing gloves in the winter, all right? The glove is not the hand. The hand is inserted into the glove, and as long as the hand is inside the glove, the glove can do everything the hand can do, okay? The hand provides life for the glove, not the other way around. So when you take your hand out from the glove, the glove just falls on the ground. It's lifeless. There's no life force there. It's just, you know, leather, you know, shaped like a hand, okay? Our body is like the glove, okay? When the spirit is inside the body, the spirit gives the body life. The Bible says the body without the spirit is dead. When the spirit leaves, the body dies, okay? Now, there may be physical reasons why a body ceases to function, such as a heart attack or a sickness or something. But at the end of the day, spiritually speaking, it's when the spirit leaves that the body loses its life force and actually dies. That's the official proclamation of death according to the word of God. Now, I say all of that to help you understand that you have to feed your spirit in the same way you have to feed your body. You just can't, you, you can't neglect the body. You have to feed it. Okay, when, when a baby is a baby, you feed it with milk. As the baby grows, you change what you feed it because it's growing and it's able to handle uh, meatier things, just like, you know, physically. And spiritually, the Bible calls God's word his milk that you start with when you first get saved. And it says here that as newborn babes, people are supposed to desire the pure milk of God's word. There's supposed to be a hunger for this. There's supposed to be a desire for this that you may grow. Notice the, the, the theme here is growth. If you don't feed your spirit, you're not going to grow. In the same way that if you don't feed yourself physically, you're not going to grow. Okay? You'll atrophy and you'll die from starvation sooner or later. Point being, you have to be nourished spiritually as well as physically. Okay? The Bible that you have in your hand or your, the, the app that you're holding in your hand today, that's not just a bunch of words. Those are living words from God that feed your spirit man and strengthen your spirit man like, you know, sitting down to three square meals a day feeds your physical man. Okay? That's how this works. That's why you're supposed to desire this. And right from the beginning, we're taught to desire the pure milk of the word. Right from the beginning as newborn babes. Okay? The greatest disservice a church can do to babies in Christ is not to let them know that, hey, if you really want to grow, you're going to have to get into the Bible. You're going to have to read it. You're going to have to feed upon it. You're going to meditate upon it because that's where your spirit man is going to be nourished. Okay? Look with me, if you would, at uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. Let's back up a few verses, a few books. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 3. So we'll look at this passage. Let's see what this one has to say. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse number 3. Here's what this verse says. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly, and the love of every one of you all abounds towards each other. Okay? Your faith grows exceedingly. Faith is supposed to grow. And the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if my faith is to grow exceedingly, I should be feeding upon the word of God on a regular basis. From the time that I'm a spiritual baby, as a newborn babe, I'm supposed to desire the sincere milk of the word. 
the theme here once again is growth. Okay, growth. Feeding your spirit man with the right kinds of food. Okay, listen, if you go down to Hy-Vee and buy chocolate-covered donuts all day long, celery. celery, you should buy the celery, not the chocolate-covered donuts from Little Debbie. But, you know, <laughs> Little Debbie needs to be saved. Pray for Little Debbie. She's the one out there with the chocolate-covered donuts. But the point is, listen, if you don't feed yourself the right kind of food, you're going to get sick. How many would agree? Sooner or later, you're going to get sick, okay? Just a matter of time. On the other hand, if you do your due diligence and study and read and feed yourself the right kind of foods, you're not going to get sick, okay? It's all about what you're choosing to feed yourself, okay? Spiritually speaking, it's the same principle. You've got to be careful what you're feeding your spirit with. And we're going to talk about this as we move along here because what's driving this planet is fear, fear of the future, Fear of what's going to happen if. Fear of what's going to happen if I lose my job. Fear of what's going to happen if the economy collapses. Fear of what's going to happen if ISIS has its way. Okay, listen. Where we work in the Philippines, okay, we work in war zones where martial law is declared and where we, I wear a firearm. When I leave the compound, I have a gun on my hip. And everywhere I go, I carry a firearm with me because of where I do my work for God. We many times have armed escorts from the military. My point is, we know what it's like to work in dangerous places, okay? And I also know the importance of keeping myself spiritually sharp because of where I'm doing my work for God, okay? There was a war on Mindanao. Mindanao is the island that we work, that we're uh, stationed on. That's where headquarters is in the Philippines. There's many islands there, but the one on, on which we do our work, headquartered, is the island of Mindanao. That's where all the Muslims live. That's where all the terrorists live. That's where the cells are, Okay? Uh, last year, there was a six-month war. And, you know, the president, Duterte of the Philippines, declared martial law only on Mindanao, not the rest of the country, just on our, on our beloved island, because that's where all the fighting takes place. That's where all the kidnappings take place, the bombs go off over there, and things of this nature. The ground zero for the fighting was 60 miles from our house. 60 miles from our compound was ground zero for the fighting. It was in a city called Marawi. You can Google it, M-A-R-A-W-I. That's the name of the city. It's the Muslim cultural capital of the country, and the ground zero for the fighting was in that city, 60 miles from our house, okay? And we conducted business for God all through that time. We didn't hunker down and wait for all of that fighting to stop. We just kept going for God, holding crusades, reaching out, uh, shaking the bushes for Jesus. We had tour groups coming over all summer, Americans coming over, Lots of them were concerned for their safety. We would say, hey, don't worry about any of this. We're on God's time clock. We're, on, we're, we're doing God's business here. We're not going anywhere. We got unfinished business, okay? My point is, if you don't stay spiritually sharp, you're not going to be able to resist the temptation to cave in to the fear that is running amok all over this planet. Fear in different ways, but where we live, fear of death, fear of martyrdom fear like that, okay? But when I'm tempted to be afraid, what I do is I go back to verses like this, and I remind myself that it's important for me, just like anyone else, to feed myself with the Word of God, to keep my spirit man sharp and able to resist the temptations to fold for fear of what might happen to me or my family or my staff. We have 250, between 250 and 300 churches, and many of them are in the Muslim 
war zones. And we go in there and preach Jesus. Okay, we pass military checkpoints all the time. I'm a colonel in the Philippine military. You may or may not know that. Okay, I'm a commissioned officer in the army. Okay, I hold the rank of colonel. My wife holds the rank of lieutenant colonel. Okay, we are international chaplains. We go to the military bases and we preach to the soldiers before they go out on operations because they know they might, co they might not come back from operations. Okay, and we, we know some things about what I'm talking about when I talk about the importance of feeding your spirit man to avoid the temptation to be afraid, okay? To yield to the temptation to fear, okay? So what I'm talking about is not something I read in somebody's book. I live this, and I'll talk about some of that in just a minute. But the point is, these verses are talking about the importance of growing. Look with me at uh, Colossians chapter 2, verse 19. Colossians chapter 2. Verse 19. Book of Colossians, the second chapter in the 19th verse. It says, not holding fast to the head from whom all the body, nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that comes from God. Grows with the increase that comes from God. What's the theme again? Growing with the increase that comes from God. What's the theme? Growing nourishing yourself okay what's the point of eating food the food nourishes our body at least that's the theory i'm not sure little debbie would agree but the point is we're supposed to eat food to nourish our body amen that's what the food's designed to do that's why god gave it to us that's why we eat okay if you don't eat your body's going to die because you're not nourishing it and that leads me to the next passage which is first this first timothy i should say chapter four verse six Okay, there's a reason why I'm sharing all of these with you. We'll get to that in just a minute. I just want you to see the foundation that I'm building the message upon because the whole message and the whole, well, let's, let me back up and rephrase. The way we live our lives in a way which is victorious and a way which glorifies God, which we sang about a few minutes ago, is to be so spiritually strong we can resist any and all temptations to come along Okay, to neutralize our impact in the world so that, you know, listen, the devil doesn't care if you go to church. You probably drove past 20 churches to get to this one. If you're out in the field somewhere, farmland, and in, in the city, maybe 10, 12 churches. You probably passed 12 to get here. And I guarantee they're all full of people who don't have a clue of what we're talking about today. Are they saved? Maybe. Do they love the Lord? Perhaps. You know, listen, just going to church doesn't guarantee anything. Are you listening? You can go to church all your life and die and go to hell. I meet people all the time that are unprepared to meet Jesus, and they're in church every Sunday. You better know some things about who you are in these last days. You better know some things about how to stand your ground in faith and not fear. That's why these verses that we're reading are very important to read and to understand. Okay? I've been around long enough. Okay? We've been friends for over 30 years. I've been a Christian for 40. I've seen people come and go. I've seen churches rise and fall. I've seen people shoot up like stars and disappear a year or two later. Okay? I'm going to finish running the race I started. How about you? I'm going to finish. I'm not going to be a spiritual casualty of war. Someone who would have, could have, or should have, and now it's an empty seat in someone's church where they used to be on fire for the Lord, but, you know, they got offended, they got hurt. Well, you just don't know what I'm going through. Oh, well, really? God knows everything. Last time I checked, 
There's no secrets with him. He knows what we go through. Okay, Jesus, the Bible says, is easily touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He knows exactly what you're going through. It's no surprise to him. Okay, but he gave us promises in the Bible that if you stand on these, you will have the strength to go through whatever kind of hell you're facing. Can anyone say amen? The Bible never promises us an easy life. Hey, buddy. Oh, lost your shoe. <laughs> In the Philippines, all kinds of things like this. Muslims, rebels, dogs fighting under the chair. It's all kinds of wonderful distractions. Praise God. Okay, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 6. If you instruct... Now, this is Paul writing to Timothy. Timothy is his son in the faith. He's giving him guidance and counsel. Okay, he says to Timothy, listen, if you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith. Please pay attention to that phrase, nourished in the words of faith. Pastor mentioned it when he gave the uh, prayer for little Riley here. Okay, nourished in the words of faith. That's what dedicates a child, not words, but words of faith. Lots of people speak words but very few speak words of faith because they don't know what the Bible says because the faith comes by hearing the word, but they read their Bible like once a year, and then they wonder why they don't have the wherewithal to withstand temptation when it comes knocking on their door, okay? At the end of the day, friends, we have to be strong enough to stand on our own. Good for churches. Thank God for pastors that help, but at the end of the day, we have to know who we are because maybe there won't be anybody around to lean on to fall back upon. Maybe we're on our own. There will be times. Okay? All right. Nourished in the words of faith and of the good doctrine which you have carefully followed. Okay. The theme of all of the verses we've read is spiritual growth. Nourishment to grow by. Okay? Like I said at the beginning, you are a spirit living in a body. You have to feed your body to nourish it, to keep it healthy, keep it strong. And spiritually, you have to feed your spirit man to keep it healthy and to keep it strong, okay? And the food that God provides to feed your spirit is the Bible, the Word of God, okay? Not church attendance, not church membership, okay? Not church, you know, denominational warfare and all this that goes on. Knowledge of the Bible, knowledge of the Word of God, okay? When the devil came to tempt Jesus, if you read from Mark I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 4 and Luke chapter 4, okay, when Satan came to tempt Jesus, Jesus defeated him with the word of God. Three times the devil tried to trip him up, and three times Jesus answered with the word of God and said, it is written, it is written, it is written, and quoted the scripture to the devil and backed him off with the word of God. That's how we do battle, okay? We do battle with spiritual weapons to keep ourselves spiritually strong, okay? So listen. If the Word of God is not top priority in your life today, you need to change your priorities. Because if the Word of God is somewhere down like number five or six on your list of things to do today, you need to ramp it up. Because all the other things you're going to do today will not be there for you when the devil comes knocking on your door with terminal cancer or some other unexpected tragedy that you aren't prepared for. Okay? How many would understand? How many would agree with me the devil doesn't send us text messages letting us know he's on his way to attack? Don't get Facebook tweets 
and all of this, you know, Instagram photos from Satan, letting him know where he's on his way. No, 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 no. He tries his best to hide what he's doing for as long as he can because he knows as long as you don't know what's going on, you won't resist what's going on. Pretty simple, okay? That's military tactics, okay? Covert operations, all right? So let's go to Psalms 37. We could spend a lot of time on all of this, but just in one service, we're not going to do that. But we are going to take a good look at Psalms 37 because that psalm, the whole thing, we're not going to take time to read the whole thing, but that psalm is prophetic for the day in which we live, the last of the last days. How many would agree with me Jesus is coming soon? Mm -hmm. I want to be ready. And again, he called his return, you know, like a thief coming in the night. The thief doesn't knock on your front door and ring the doorbell and let him know he's coming in to steal, plunder, and take all your possessions. Okay, he tries to sneak in and sneak out. And Jesus compared his return to a thief coming in the night. He said, you better be ready because I'm not going to announce to you my, the arrival day and time. You'll know the seasons, and knowing the seasons, you need to be prepared. Can anyone say amen? That's all we need to know. We're in the season, okay? We are definitely in the season. He could come back today. I intend to be ready. I intend to be found. You know, Jesus made a statement. He said, when the Son of Man returns to the earth, will he find faith on the earth? I intend to be found with faith. Amen? I want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Not just, well, what happened to you, turkey? Where'd you disappear to for 30 years? Well, you just don't know what I was going through. Oh, shut up, he too. You know, the point being, listen, at the end of the day, we're responsible for the life we live. The pastor's not responsible for your life. I'm not responsible. You're not responsible for mine. I'm responsible. Amen? Church is there to assist. Church is there to supplement. Church is there to uh, be called alongside to support. But at the end of the day, we have to read we have to feed on the Word of God. And in order for that to happen, we've got psalms like this one. Let's start with the first verse, Psalms 37, verse 1. If ever there was a psalm for the day in which we live, this would be it. Listen to this, verse 1. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. Wow. Now, the word fret there, how many understand the word fret means worry? You know, we don't use the word fret anymore. It's not a common word we use in, in everyday conversation. But fretting means to worry. If I'm fretting, I'm worrying. Okay? So we could say it this way. Don't worry because of. And he tells us what not to worry about. Because of what? People doing evil things. Evil doers. Or be envious of the workers of iniquity. Huh. Look around. They're everywhere. Verse 2, for they shall soon, everyone say soon. soon. Mm -hmm. They shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Verse 3, very important verse. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land, and listen to this, and feed on his what? Feed on his faithfulness. There you go. We're nourishing ourselves. What are we doing? We're feeding on something. We're feeding on his faithfulness. How many know the Bible says the Bible, the Word of God, cannot be altered? 
Jesus said, you can't change one jot or tittle of the word of God, meaning one period or punctuation mark. Heaven and earth will pass away, he said, before one paragraph, one question mark, one period can change from the Bible. People can try all they want to, but they can't change it. Why? Because it's the truth. Amen? You can't change the truth. You can say you disagree with it. You can say I don't believe it. You can reject it, but you can't change it. You can't change it. It's the truth. It was there before we came along, and it will never be changed. Amen? That should be very comforting. Amen? Politicians come and go. Administrations come and go. All of this, they come and they go. The Bible doesn't. It stays the same. Generation after generation after generation, century after century. It is eternal. So if you're going to feed on something, feed on the faithfulness of God to do everything in the Bible he promises he will do for us when we stand in faith for that. Amen? In the midst of workers of iniquity doing evil things. He said, don't worry about it. Okay? Verse number four. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you what? The desires of your heart. Hmm. Anybody have any desires here this evening or this morning? You know, things you'd like God to do for you? Delight yourself in the Lord. He promises to give it to you. Of course, as long as it's not sinful, obviously. But, I mean, as long as it agrees with the Bible, he'll move heaven and earth for you. Amen. He told you. He said, trust, trust me, delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you, or, you know, I'll give you, if God's speaking, I'll give you the desires of your heart. Then verse 5, commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him. And he shall bring it to pass. What? To pass. The desires of your heart. He'll bring it to pass. Okay? Notice, trust in him. Not trust in the government. Trust in your political affiliations. Trust in your bank account. Trust in your 401Bs, your 509Qs, and all this other stuff that's out there. Listen, trust in him. Anybody make investments here? Anybody, you know, got money out there somewhere in some investment, some portfolio of some kind? You know what? Every time they try to sell you a mutual fund or some kind of annuity or whatever they got out there, okay, they always finish the presentation with a little caveat and the asterisk at the bottom, which says, past performance does not guarantee future results. Oh. So in other words, you're just legally letting yourself out in case we lose our shirt. Even though you're telling me I'm going to get 20% for five years or 10 years, I really could lose everything in the next six months. And you're free of it because you said past performance does not guarantee future results. Oh, so in other words, it's a risk. Amen? It's a risk. Now, they're going to say, well, the risk is small. Mm -hmm. Maybe, but it is still a risk. Okay? Now, here's my point. You stand on the Word of God. There is no risk. You think God's going to fail? Do you think one promise of the Bible is going to fall apart upon you just because God can't do what you're standing in faith for him to do? Well, you just don't know what I'm facing. God knows. Amen. I've, listen, I've prayed for people in the Philippines. We prayed for people that couldn't walk. We prayed for people that were carried to meetings on beds and couldn't walk. And we prayed and they've gotten off their bed and walked right off the, walked right off the platform healed. We've seen people with polio. You know, you don't see polio much around here anymore because of the vaccines. But in the Philippines and other places, polio is still there, okay? And they, we've, we've seen boys carried, you know, with their legs looking like pretzels 
twisted and deformed because of polio. And we prayed for them and watched the feet and the legs straight, straight, not right in front of everybody, and they walk right off the platform healed in the name of Jesus. Don't tell me God can't do things. Amen. He can do whatever needs to be done. What he's waiting for are people who nourish themselves with the word of God to the point where their faith is able to tackle any mountain Satan places in front of them. They're not intimidated. They're not ashamed. They're not afraid. They actually relish the confrontation because they know that God is good for his word. Can anyone say amen? amen. Yeah, but the doctor said, the doctor is not Jesus. Can you say amen? Yeah, well, the medical reports indicate, well, maybe. But I've got friends who've stood against stage four cancer, given six months to live, and now, 10 years later, they're still preaching the Bible. Okay, Don't tell me God can't do what God can't do. He can do whatever needs to be done. It's not up to God. It's up to us to nourish ourselves in the word of faith. That's, my, that's on me. That's not on the pastor. That's not on the dude on TV, Tommy Television, Pastor Perm, or whoever else may be out there. Somebody say amen. amen. All right, look at this. Verse 7, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. In other words, don't worry about it. Okay, The wicked are always going to be here. They're never going to be off planet until Jesus comes back and throws them off. Amen? They will always be here. Wicked people, evildoers, you know, in the, in the last days, they're going to get worse and worse and worse and worse. We should know these things. This should not be a surprise. Okay? And look at verse 8. Cease from anger. <laughs> Dear Jesus, i got to meditate on that one, like, for hours. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. Man, you got to meditate on this stuff. I need to meditate on this stuff. You may have discerned by now I'm a very passionate person for the things of God. And when I see people, you know, shaking their fist at God and celebrating perversion and sin and everything else out there and, you know, celebrating sin and all of it, it just, you know, it's like a cat with the fur rising up on the back. You know, I mean, like, I just don't like it. It, it angers me. There's this righteous indignation that, that rises up within me. I mean, I'm, you know, I need to turn the TV off. Because I've been so mad sometimes, I want to climb inside that set and rip the face off some of these people's heads. It's just me. But the point is, the anger, the resentment, the righteous indignation, it's all there. But you've got to channel the anger. You've got to channel the rage. If you just get mad at the evildoers, you're missing the point. That's why he says, don't worry about it. Don't fret. The fretting does not help you. Don't fret. It only causes harm. Harm to who? The worrier. It's not going to change the evildoer. They're going to continue doing evil. Go after the source of the problem, and that is the devil. And the only people who can do that, guess, wait for it, are the Christians, not the politicians, not the media people, not whoever out there, the military, whatever. The only people who have the authority to go to the source of the problem, which is spiritual, would be the body of Christ. We are the ones that have the promises. We are the ones that God waits to stand in faith and take our place and declare our righteousness. And then he responds. Amen? Doesn't Second Chronicles, go there with me. Second Chronicles 7, 14. 
Second Chronicles 7.14. All right. Look. It's not important what church you go to. It's important that you nourish yourself with the Word of God every single day. Okay? I mean, physically, we feed ourselves three, four, five times a day. Okay? More so than we should in most cases. But, you know, on the spiritual side, man, we just, we, we fast once a, once a month for years, you know, and then wonder why we don't have any spiritual strength to finish the job that Jesus needs for us to finish. So, here we go. Second Chronicles 7.14. This is God talking. Okay? This is God talking. He says, if my people, how many here would be the people of God? You raise your hand and say, I'm, I'm a child of God, okay? If my people who are called by my name, notice, he didn't say if the politicians will finally pass the laws that I want for them to pass, if, you know, the media people will stop criticizing our president, blah, blah, okay, listen, he, he didn't say any of that. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, okay? He's not talking about the sinners. He's talking about the body of Christ. Humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Okay? The problem is not the wicked out there outside the body of Christ. The problem is the people inside the body of Christ. Turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven. Notice the word then. Then is conditional. That means I ain't going to hear from heaven until my people do these things. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and heal their land. There's not a word in there about the unbeliever. There's not a word in there about evil politicians. There's not a word in there about corrupt bankers. There's not a word in there about any of that or terrorists, ISIS, none of that. It's all on us. We make the adjustments. God hears from heaven, heals the land. And the sinners get to, get to, you know, enjoy the benefits of our intercession to clear our account before God, see? That's why you have to nourish yourself with the Word of God. That's why you have to keep the Word in front of you when you turn on the set and person after person is you know, faking, uh, uh, shaking their fist in the, in the face of an almighty God, you know, with sin and whatever else. Listen, never mind any of that. We read the verses. It says, don't fret. Three times in those eight verses, the Bible says, don't fret, don't fret, don't fret. Don't worry about it, okay? Look with me. Go back to Psalms. We'll look at one more passage from the same book, Psalms 37, same passage, I should say. Here's how God handles this. We would be well to follow in his footsteps. Look, verse 12, okay? Here's what it says. Psalms 37, verse 12, it says, The wicked plots against the just. Duh, what a surprise. The wicked plots against the just and gnashes at him with his teeth. You see this on TV all the time. I was just watching these congressional hearings. It was right there. That verse was right there. Wicked gnashing their teeth and all this. What, how does the Lord respond? Look at verse 13. What's it say? The Lord laughs at him. For he sees that his day is coming. Well, if God laughs, why shouldn't I? Okay, why shouldn't I? If he is, he's not upset. He's laughing at these people because he sees that the day is coming. He wants them to get saved. We want them to get saved. We preach the word without apology. We hope they do. But if they don't, judgment is coming. Can anyone say amen? amen. Judgment is coming. Vengeance is God's. He will repay. I leave all of that to him. I can't change personally, 
physically what goes on in Washington, New York, Wall Street, on the mission field. I can't change any of that physically, but spiritually I can make a difference. We can change things. We can make a difference for the sake of the body of Christ, for the sake of the Great Commission. Amen? See? How? Feed on his faithfulness. Look at verse 3. Feed on his faithfulness. He won't leave us in the lurch. He won't desert us under fire. Okay? Some of my friends in the military, they've been in combat. You know, the battalion commanders that I work with, you know, we sit down and talk and we pray with them. They have seen their soldiers killed in this fighting that I referred to a few minutes ago. The, the last battalion commander I sat down with, he lost 10 men in the fighting and 90 casualties, wounded. 90 casualties, 10 KIAs, okay, under his command. Okay, so we, we work with people who know what, it, what it's like to face that kind of uh, challenge. Okay, but praise God, see, it doesn't matter what the devil does. It matters what we do. Can anyone say amen? amen? We, the body of Christ, we hold the keys to the future on this earth, no matter where we go, okay? Nationalities, politics, all that aside, praise God. Amen? Listen, the last passage, same psalm, Psalms 37, 25. We're going we're gonna to start with this tonight. Look at this. Psalms 37 and 25, okay? Here's what he says. Now, this is the writer of the psalm. He's, he's declaring this. He says, listen, 25th verse, I have been young and now am old. See, David wrote this as an old man. Okay, he wrote this as an old man. He's at the end of the parade. He knows his time is very short. Okay, I have been young and now I am old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his seed or descendants begging bread. Okay. It's not what he read in someone's book. It's not what he saw in someone's convention, not a CD he purchased, not what he found on, you know, TBN, Christian Broadcasting, whatever. It says, it's what I have seen. I have been young, and now I am old. I have never seen God forsake the righteous. I've never seen his promises go unanswered. I've never seen it. It's not what I've heard from someone else. It's what I've lived. When I went to Ramah, in September of 79, I was a student under such great men like Kenneth Hagin and others that came through that school, and I sat and I listened and I took notes and I said, wow, someday I want to be like these guys. Okay, I was in my 20s, okay? I'll be 67 years old next month, 67. I have been serving Jesus since September 21st, 1978. That's my Christian birthday. So last September 21st, eight days ago, nine or eight days, whatever, okay, that was my 40th anniversary serving God as a child of God, a, so, a soldier in the army of the Lord, 40 years. So you know what? When I went to Bible school, it wasn't what I've seen. It's what they saw, that I'd sit and take notes and listen and wow, you know, wow, wow, wow. Okay, now I don't need that. It's what I've seen for 40 years working for God overseas in places where bullets fly by when you do your preaching. People try to stab you in the middle of your message. I guess they didn't receive. What do you think? Sensing just a tad bit of resistance here. Need to back up a bit. You know, I've had people jump up, Muslim imams jump up on the stage and try to knife me in the middle of my message. How rude. Hey, you know, I just stood right up in front of them. You know, the, the blade was about an inch and a half from my stomach and it's got right in their face and said, in the name of Jesus, get off this stage. This is God's time, not your time. 
who the hell do you think you are? Get off this stage in Jesus' name. I backed him right off the stage. He fell off backwards. And the people, you know. Now, how many want to get saved? <laughs> I'm coming forward. Whatever you've got, I want it, you know. Explain to me later, but I want what you got. Praise the Lord. You know, the point is, hey, you know, listen, I have been young. Now I am older. I'm not old. Amen? Oh, no, no, no. Rode my, ride my bike 50, 60 miles every time I ride once a week. I try once a week, ride my bicycle, not motorcycle. I have a motorcycle, but I ride my bicycle. My rides are 50, 60 miles once a week. You know, I'm 67 almost. Listen, we're not going anywhere. We have a race to run, and there's a lot of people out there that still need Jesus. My responsibility is the same as yours. Get in that book every day and feed your spirit. Don't wait for Sunday morning because that's like a snack. Okay, as good as the message may be, that's 45 minutes of feeding. Feed on God's faithfulness every day. Keep that Bible in front of you. Okay, if you can't handle the garbage on TV, shut that thing off. Go into your prayer closet and intercede for 30 minutes and get your composure back. That's what I have to do. Like I said, man, many, many TV screens have been destroyed by shoes being thrown at those things, you know, but the point is I have learned, and these verses remind me, hey, look, you know, the fight is not in the natural. The fight is in the spirit realm, and the only ones that have the weapons to do the damage to the enemy in the spirit realm is you and me. Amen. Not the politicians, not the Democrats, not the, certainly not them, not the Republicans, anybody. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know, they'll huff and puff, but they can't change the Bible. They can't change the truth. And we've got the authority. Amen? Praise the Lord. I've been young, now I'm older. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. We've been shot at. We've been, you know, the devil's tried his best to take us out. We've been overseas for 38 years. And we're still going strong for Jesus. Amen? So I'm preaching what I've learned from what I've seen, not just from what I read in someone's book. All that stuff's still there. It's still a great book to read. But now I've got testimonies. My testimonies. Not their testimonies. It's not what they did, and I said, wow, I want to be like him. Now I've seen God work in our life. So I don't apologize for preaching the gospel. Amen? I don't, and neither should you. Don't be ashamed of the truth. Share it. Get in people's faces in love and share the word of God. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that. I don't agree. Well, okay, go to hell because that's where you're going to go. You go up or you go down. Amen? When a person dies, they go up or they go down. And whichever way you go, you go forever. There's no parole for the people in hell. They're there forever. And if they had one more chance to ask Jesus into their heart, hell would be emptied in 15 seconds. Everybody would receive him now, but it's too late. See, choice is in this life. But when your spirit steps out of this body and you leave your body behind, they bury your body, by the way. They don't bury you. Okay? The cemetery is full of bodies not the people that lived in the bodies. Those people are either in heaven or hell, one or the other, depending upon the choices they made while they lived in that body, okay? So, everybody bow your heads and close your eyes for just a minute. I don't do church services without giving people a chance to turn their life around if the life needs to be turned around. I don't know you. I don't live with you. I don't know what's going on in your house. I don't know what's going on with you. But you know who does? God. You don't, nobody fools him, okay? If you're here today and you're not right with God, you know it, 
God knows it, okay? Don't kid yourself. Even if we don't know it, it doesn't matter if we do or don't. We're not God. We're not, you know, you won't, you won't stand before my judgment seat, and I won't stand before yours. We'll all stand before the Lord's. And on the day you stand before the Lord, my friend, you will stand alone. Your husband, your wife won't be with you. Your children won't be with you. Your pastor won't stand with you. You'll stand by yourself, and you will answer for the life you've lived. And I'm going to answer for the life that I've lived, okay? One-on-one, face-to-face with Jesus Christ on the day of judgment. Now, listen, you can't change the past. Forget it. You may be ashamed. Listen, we've all got skeletons in our closet. Okay? Everybody does, all right? But there is forgiveness offered to everybody, and it's unconditional. You don't have to do anything for this other than just receive the gift. Jesus died for you. He died for all of us. He paid for your sins. He paid for my sins. You can't earn it. He did it because we couldn't earn it. Okay? He went to the cross and paid for our sins. He didn't commit sins. He paid for our sins. So that now we can come to God and say, Father, forgive me. I'm sorry. And he'll forgive us. Why? Not because of us, but because of Jesus. Because of he, what he did. His blood was shed for each and every one of us. So, if you're here today, now listen, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to stand and come to the front and everybody stares at you, so don't get nervous. That's not going to happen. But I will ask you to be honest with yourself, please, because you're not fooling anybody except yourself, okay? The devil knows what's going on. God knows what's going on. You know what's going on, all right? So, Heads bowed, eyes closed. Nobody looking around. I'm going to ask you to do something very simple. I'm going to count to three. When I reach three, if you need help, if you're not right with God, either you've never accepted Jesus or you have, but you've been drifting away and you're not where you used to be, you know, you've grown cold, you know, you don't go to church very often, once in a while maybe. I read my Bible once every six months, you know. I'm just living my life, you know, the way I want to. If that's you, then you need to come back to your first love. You've been drifting away. You need to come on back and get serious about serving God like it used to be for you, okay? I'm going to count to three. When I reach three, put your hand up so I can see it, and I'll acknowledge it, and you can put it down. And then at the end, we'll all stand, everybody, and we'll all pray together where you're standing right now. I won't embarrass you. I won't embarrass you, so please don't get nervous on me because I won't do that to you, okay? But do be honest with yourself. That I will really encourage you to do. Because God knows what's going on. You can't fool him. Might as well come clean. Because if you walk out that door unprepared to meet Jesus, you are risking your eternity. Because you could die of a heart attack in the parking lot this afternoon. How do you know? You could go home and, you know, an airplane could fall on your house. It has happened. Okay? You just don't know. Death comes to people at unexpected times. Be ready because you have a chance right now. Right now is an opportunity. Make the most of it. Okay, so here we go. It's a decision, friends. It's not a feeling. We're not feeling our way to heaven. We're not feeling the presence of Jesus. We're making a decision, and that is with or without feelings. Feelings come and go. Decisions are forever. I made my choice 40 years ago. Okay, I've had ups and downs, good days, bad days, but my decision was eternal. Okay, so make yours the same. Here we go. One, two, Three, hands up if I'm talking to you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Thank you. Nine. Thank you, Father. Amen. I count nine. Put your hands down. Thank you for your honesty. Let's all stand.
Let's all stand. If you put your hand up, I don't need to know why. It's none of my business. It's between you and God. But if you did, good for you. And if you didn't, it's still okay. It's not the hand up that does anything per se. It's just the indication that I need help and I want help from God. So what we're going to do, the Bible says, with our heart we believe, with our mouth we confess. We say something. We believe in our heart, and then we say something with our mouth. That's how this works. For anything that God has for us, we believe in our heart, and we confess with our mouth. So even if you didn't put your hand up, everybody, let's say this together. I'm going to lead you. I'm, you're not praying to me. You know, I'm nobody. I'm just like you. But we're all talking to the Lord, and he is listening. Okay? So don't be thinking about where you're going to go for lunch and, you know, I got some things to do this afternoon. Just chuck all that for a few minutes, okay? You're talking to the Son of God. He's listening. So let's be reverent and meaningful with what we say. This is how we do it overseas, so this is how we're doing it here, okay? We're talking to him. It's not a prayer. It's a declaration of intent, all right? We're not praying for salvation. He already paid for our sins. That's already done. Now we just declare our intent to receive him as Lord and Savior and move on. Receive our forgiveness, and that's it. That's a declaration of intent. So let's do this together. Out loud. Don't be shy about it. You know, listen, people were shouting at the Nebraska game yesterday, probably crying more than shouting, but the point is they were not just, you know, they, they, they came there to shout and root and all that. So let's be bold about who we're talking to, okay? Let's say this out loud together. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today, and I believe that you are the Christ the Son of God, that you died on a cross, paid for my sins, and rose from the dead. So today, I make my choice. And from now on, I live for you and you alone. You are my Lord. I am not my Lord. I'm sorry for my sins, but I receive my forgiveness, and I will never look back. Thank you, Lord, Thank you, Lord for, saving my soul. for saving my soul. Amen. Amen. Now that's a declaration God can work with. And if you said it for the first time, congratulations, welcome in. If you said it for the first time in a long time, <coughs> welcome back. Praise the Lord. But let me just say, have a seat. Give a seat before we give the service back to Pastor. Let me just give you a word of fatherly counsel. I'm not your father, but it's counsel anyway. Don't just walk out from here and say, wow, okay, I feel better. Hmm. You got to get in the Bible. You got to feed your spirit man, okay? It's like the newborn baby, man. You know, when the baby's been delivered, they don't just lo walk off and leave the infant on the delivery table, okay? They take care of the child. They put him in the, you know, post-recovery or wherever they do this stuff. You know, they put it wherever it needs to go, you know, and they watch over the little child, and they got the tubes and all that. They're monitoring, make sure the little baby is okay, okay? Well, they just walk out of here. Okay, listen, if you're going to a good church, good for you, keep going there. But if you don't have a church home and you're looking for one in town, this is a good one because you're going to hear the Word of God here, not a bunch of fluff, okay? We don't have powdered milk preached here, you know, a carnation Christian fellowship, okay? We get the meat of the Word, amen, not just a bunch of powder. So if you don't have a place to go, go here. This, this man, this woman here, they know what we're talking about. They've lived it. Okay, they've got all these years of experience under their belt. They know how to help you. Don't try to be the lone ranger. There's no need for that. Okay, there's no need for that. Come to church, feed yourself with the word of God, feed on God's faithfulness every day, and things will be just like the Bible says. Amen.
All right, tonight we'll pray for the sick. So if you're sick and need help, come on back. We'll talk about that too this evening. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. We've seen miracles, friends. If you need one, you're in the right place at the right time. Okay? Crippled people walking. Blind people healed. Deaf people healed. Dead people raised. I've seen it. Okay? Nothing that God can't do. If you've got problems, bring them all back tomorrow. I'm sorry, tonight. And let God be great for you. Amen? A couple things. If you saw when you came in, there were uh, there's a table with some CDs here. If this message resonated with you in some significant way, I'd recommend to you several of these. These are CDs. They're not they're not uh, videos. They're audios. Okay, you just you know you can take it, plug it into your computer, transfer it over to your uh, iPod or your MP3 player. You don't have to carry this around with you, but you can use this to download into your computer. Whatever, you can be who you are. If you got saved, when you got saved, you became more than a conqueror. That's how God sees you. That may not be how you see yourself, but that's how God sees you. And if you go to some church that's dead and dry, it's a funeral parlor disguised as a church, you're never going to hear it there either. But when you got saved, you became somebody. Greater is the Holy Spirit in you. Greater is the Holy Spirit in you. Do you realize the third person of the Trinity lives in us? That we are temples of the Holy Ghost? Amen. Don't be afraid of the devil. He's afraid of you. Amen. He's afraid of you. All right. These these teachings here, the guy on the cover lifting the weights, that was me. You know, I was not doing anything that day, and they called me up and said, you know, can you come down to the studio and do a few lifts for us so we can take some pictures? Anyway, the point is, uh, no, he doesn't. No. Take a good look. He's got lots of tattoos, though. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Anyway, point is, this will help you. If today's message rang your bell in some significant way, I'd recommend that to you. The other one is managing fear in the last days. You're, you might be sitting here all bound up with fear or something. You don't need to be. We're tempted to be afraid, but you don't have to accept the invitation. There's all kinds of opportunities to be afraid about all kinds of things. You don't have to accept the invitation. Managing fear in the last days. That stuff's there, plus the books we've written. I've written six books. They're all there, okay? And uh, that will help you. And if you want to help us overseas, we have these little tear-off things. Uh, this was for building bunks. The bunks have all been built, but we're using the leftover leaflets, if you will. We're trying to fix our buildings in the compound overseas. If you can help us, this will explain how you can help, and you can just fill it out and give whatever you feel led to give to help us. We're going to rebuild our buildings. They're 30 years old. The termites have had their way. The Great Commission, go into all the world and chew on your wood. So we need to rebuild. So if you can help us, praise God, that's available as well. Did this help anybody this morning? All three of you. Did this help anybody this morning? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hey, at the end of the day, feed on God's faithfulness. Don't quit listening to all the idiots out there. There is a lot of noise by people who hate God, hate Jesus, hate Israel, hate America. L quit listening to all that noise. Feed yourself with the word of God. Feed on his faithfulness. Amen. And learn to laugh at these fools because God does. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. I'm glad I came today. Praise the Lord. That was wonderful. We need messages like that. Um, we got to stay strong in the Lord and the things of God we want to do. Because we're always saying, 
Yes, they do. I, I think that's unbelievable. We have always given our guest ministers everything. So if, it, if you need an envelope for your giving, you'll have an opportunity this morning and then tonight to sow seed in the Mike Newman Seed Ministry. If you need an envelope, raise your hand. Thank you, Father. I so mad I could spit nails no, I'm kidding but that's not nice it's not Christian but the anger is righteous indignation you know that's a sermon you ne we need to hear the other side you know he made a whip he made a whip he didn't walk in with one he saw what was going on he was so mad hey it's a nice dress. Very pretty. Did you? Well, I, you, you'd never know looking at that. That's right. Thank you, dear. All right, let me see what I need to do. Oh, that's okay. Thank you for the invitation, though. Where, where, where are you eating? Here? Yep. Oh, good. Yeah. 